Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the solar panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Solar Panel. This is a midweek preview show. We are previewing the Portland Trailblazers versus the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night. The Blazers come into town with a currently a 5-5 five and five record on the season. They've actually graded out better than that 5-5 five and five record, so I got some questions to ask. <laughs> we have a special guest on here today. His name is Danny Morang. He is with a number of different streaming and, and, and recording and writing outlets uh, based mostly on Blazer's Edge. That's where I, that's where I yep. picked up on Danny. Uh, Danny, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, the, uh, the Blazers will, uh, you said as far as their ratings go and how they, they stack up, it's, um, it depends on the night. It depends on the night because they've won by 30 and they've lost by 30. And the Suns are familiar with one of the, uh, you know, 30-point wins. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ever there's been a lot of those 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 weird games the early in the season. Every yeah. early in the season, we always forget because by the end of the season it's so long ago. But mm-hmm. every early season is kind of up and down. Um, so anyway, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. At the end of the show, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll tell everyone where to find you. Oh, no, I no. love Blazers Edge. That's the that's the base on here. Uh, as at Bright Side of the Sun is my website. Mm-hmm. Blazers Edge is is the sister or brother uh, site for SB Nation. You guys do incredible work over there. Uh, so and and in my opinion, the Blazers are the funnest West opponent that we've got. Nobody hates the Blazers. We really just don't hate ever since the 2010 playoffs, but we just don't hate the Blazers. That was actually more fun than not. I don't know if you, yeah. you, you probably weren't old enough to remember that. Oh, Danny, but I'm older than you think. I'm, I'm, I'm 37. Like I've, right. I've been, Were you I've been, around I've been, for the 2010 playoffs? Oh, the oh yeah. Suns, I've, Blazers? I've, I had season tickets. Uh, my family moved. I'm, I'm an LA guy who moved to Portland. Hilarious. There you go. Okay. Uh, so I, my family had season tickets uh, in Portland since 91. So um, right on. Yeah. So right lo- Long time suffering Blazers fan. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I keep trying not to make the correlation uh, between Brandon Roy and Devin Booker. Cause I don't want to ruin Devin Booker mm. because of what happened to Brandon Roy physically, you know, it's yeah. bad karma and all that, but they're so similar. Uh, they they all, anyway, I actually made yeah. that, that exact same. Everybody wants to say book is Kobe. He's Kobe. No, he's not. He's, he's not. Brandon Roy. He plays with it. He plays at his own space, his own speed, his own cadence. He gets guys off rhythm. And he just murders you from the mid range. It's, it's Brandon. It's, it's Brandon Roy with a little less explosion. <laughs> That's basically what book is, which is a yeah. hell of a player. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, well, good. Yeah. So back 2010, those, those who've been around that long, we had a, a bit of a tiff uh, between Blazer's Edge and Bright Side of the Sun mm-hmm. during, during those two weeks. But um, that was even, even then that was all in good fun. Uh, so you guys are one of my favorite mm-hmm. opponents. Uh, so we're going to preview Suns Blazers. It's Wednesday night. The Suns have played the Blazers, the Blazers once this year. 
Uh, it was a 30 point loss to the Blazers that the Suns experienced. One of the Suns' three <laughs> losses this year. They lost, they avenged the Kings' loss just last night mm-hmm. on, on Monday night. And now they're going to try to avenge the Blazers' loss. So we're going to go through some questions on how the Blazers have done because folks who've only seen that version of the Blazers that Saturday night in game three, the night after the emotional win over the Lakers mm-hmm. that everyone's getting uh, these days. Um, that, <laughs> Everybody's that getting those. <laughs> against the Blazers, the Blazers looked unstoppable. So we're going to ask a few questions, though. Mm-hmm. They are five and five on the year. As Danny says, uh, some big wins, some big losses. The first question I've got for you, what's up with Dane? So... If you have watched beyond the, that that one game, it's pretty evident he's not physically right. Uh, he has pushed back on the, limiting him that much, but uh, he hasn't been able to turn a corner and get by Andre Drummond, let alone get by a, a premier you know perimeter defender at this point. Um, his floor game has been the best of his career. There's no doubt about that. He's been fantastic as far as setting guys up, but he is lacking the explosion. Uh, the, the Damian Lillard right-to-left split you know, his ripple and, and splitting the double team and getting downhill and just breaking defenses down hasn't really been there. Uh, the other night against the Lakers, um, he pulled up from 40 feet for the first time this year. And it was the first time he took a deep three. It was like, oh, that looked like he had a Is little bit of strength. Is it the abdominal that. thing? That yeah, he was it's, it's still with? there. Yeah, he re-aggravated okay. in Cleveland. Wow. He got smacked to the ground. It's never going to go away until he gets surgery. That's That, that, wow. that much is clear. So... Um, he, cause he's been dealing with that for about five, six years. So and it flares up. Every do you th- would he have had surgery if there was a normal off season, but since this was only two months, I had heard that they got very close to making that decision after the Olympics, but the recovery time was just going to be too much, uh, for him wow. to get ready to go in the season. So, um, but yeah, he, he has battled through it every year, basically for the last five, six years. So it's nothing new, but everybody's like, oh, no, it's just, you know, he's learning a new system. Guys, he didn't learn. How, he didn't forget how to play basketball. He's not just <laughs> a shooting slump. He can't he just yeah. can't get by anybody. It's not like Terry Stotts was the Dame Lillard muse. I yeah, I mean, don't Dame get me wrong. He, muse. <laughs> he put Dame in spots to get crazy buckets, but it's not it's not a, like a, it's not just a shooting slump because if you watch him and, and not only like what he's doing, it's how he's doing it. This is a guy who I have watched Damian Lillard warm up since his rookie year. This is a guy who pulls up from 35 more effortlessly than anybody in NBA history. Mm-hmm. The, the dude is strong. He's strong with a K, strong. I mean, he he pulls up and it looks like he just flicks his wrist. He's just yeah. that strong. And But watching him over the last couple of weeks, you can see him. He's got to kind of force and grunt a deep three out and it doesn't quite look right. And when he, when he gets into that dribble pull up that you're used to him taking where it's so graceful and so explosive, you can see him kind of muscle it up. So he's kind of fighting through that. He had a nice game against the Lakers, but everybody has a nice game against the Lakers. So you're Man. still trying to figure out Ooh, which one, this one fun is against the Lakers. I mean, they, they, they're <laughs> trying to lose to the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, yeah. So just for folks who haven't been really paying attention, you assume Dame is the same Dame. He's been shooting only 35% from the field this year, 24% on threes. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy bad. He is setting a career high so far in assists per game at 8.5. He's taking very Uh, good care of the ball. Yeah, you're right. Right. And his, and his turnovers are the lowest in half a decade at 2.6 and almost lowest of his career. 
So you're getting two different versions. Like he's he's definitely trying new things with with Chauncey uh, at the helm, trying to set guys up. But I think more of it has to do with the fact that he's not physically right than it is with him not uh, or leaning into the new system quite as much. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to Chauncey. So let's talk about the. Mm-hmm. So Dame isn't Dame, but he's still doing pretty well. He's getting his twenty points. He's getting eight and a half assists a game and all that. Tell us about Chauncey Billups. Uh, what do you think so far of him as a head coach? So far, it's been okay. Um, and, and that was the thing is that the the move was going to happen. Um, and so the move, uh, you mean uh, go moving on from Terry, Terry Stotts? Stotts? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we knew basically January, February that barring a uh, mythical run in the playoffs that Terry was going to be gone. So um, everybody was kind of prepared for that in that sense. But at the same time, I think a lot of people have, have said that if, if they just change the coach, it's going to fix a lot of things. Well, it turns out that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so sometimes it's the roster, huh? Yeah. Sometimes it is the product of the roster as uh, Neil O'Shea uh, said in the off season. Um, but I like what Chauncey has done so far. Uh, he has changed up a few things. There are a few more movement sets they've put in. Um, they are trying to move Dame off the ball. Part of that is Dame maybe not being physically right enough to move off the ball as well as he wants to. Mm. Part of it is, is I think as much as Dame says he wants to, he still wants the ball in his hands. So I think there's a, fighting against that from a guy who's basically been doing the same thing for almost 10 years. Uh, it's hard to change a tiger stripes, um, lineup wise. What I have really liked with Chauncey is that he has been willing to try things, uh, and like try things. I mean, going with a four guard lineup, uh, they have run out Dame CJ, uh, Anthony Simons and Norman Powell with Yusuf Nurkic to close out games. Now you could say those are the four best players this year. There you go. That's part of what this is, is that Chauncey's going, Listen, I'd like to put more guys out there that have more size, but my four best players right now are those four guys. Um, mm-hmm. So, but again, he's at least he's experimenting with some things. He's he's tried some bigger lineups. Uh, their uh, their bench unit, which is uh, Simon's and Sear Little, Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller plus Damian Lillard, has uh, one of the best net ratings in the entire league, and they are shooting the lights out and stopping teams. It's absolutely bonkers how good they've been. So, uh, Chauncey's relied on that a fair amount. Uh, he's ridden the hot hand a little bit more, particularly with Anthony Simons. He's just trying to find ways to get him on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like that Chauncey is, has coached up maybe a little bit more on feel, which I think is okay to do with a new coach because the, the established pecking order isn't quite as clear as far as what minutes and what rotations are going to be like. He doesn't know who to trust beyond his two stars. Exactly. And so I think he's, he's, he's leaving it pretty open-ended, which I think if you're going to tell guys, and he did, he, he told Anthony Simons, Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurkic, Robert Covington that, Hey, we're going to get you more looks. We're going to get you more shots. We're going to get you more involved. That's a very, very difficult thing to deliver on uh, to get that many more people involved when you've got that, that much high usage between. Yeah. There's only so many, (laughs) there's only so many shots in a game. Yeah. You can't get everyone more involved. (laughs) It's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, uh, it's been okay. Uh, I've questioned some of the rotation stuff, but nothing crazy. Um, and again, I, I've said from the jump, I'm going to give him 20 games before I really go too deep into, oh, Chauncey doesn't do this. Don't, I mean, like, oh, heck, at least. It, 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 at bare minimum. So you know, Coaching at any level in any sport is basically the same, and you need some time to adjust and figure out mm-hmm. uh, not only your roster, but also your your abilities as a coach mm-hmm. and calling the right things. I mean, uh, locals here in Arizona, uh, we've got the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury is the head yeah. coach. 
he comes in, he had a losing record in the, in the, in college, yet he gets a head coaching job. And for two years, people have been calling for his head because he makes just like he, he makes, <clears throat> he would make some calls uh, that just weren't right for the game. Right. Mm-hmm. He'd make some dumb calls and people were questioning his ability to be a head coach in the, in the league and all this and all this. And now he's Not potentially coach of the year <laughs> in for the Cardinals because he's he's and they just won a game. Uh, I'm sorry about the to Suns fans who don't pay attention to the Cardinals, but uh, you missed a big a great game this weekend where all their top four uh, skill players were out and they still pantsed the the other team. So and I use pantsed in a in a in a very Robert Sauver reference, but anyway, they pants <laughs> the other team. Uh, and that was really good, and that just shows he's he's become a really good coach. So back to Chauncey Billups with the Blazers. You're not going to see the best of Chauncey Billups no. this year, but you are going to see a guy, a guy who's going to fight and grind. And Chris Paul is one of those dudes who says he's very happy to see Chauncey Billups get the head, get a head coaching job. He and his point guard mastermind brethren, uh, he's the last of the group to retire. Jason Kidd now has a head coaching job. Chauncey Billups has mm-hmm. a head coaching job. And uh, Chris Paul now um, is is going to eventually retire and probably become a head coach. Um, so Chauncey, starting out as a rookie, you think so far he's doing things that aren't making you guys pull your hair out? No, no, and that's the thing is that um, I think he was given a little bit more tools to work with, particularly with with Larry Nance Jr. and uh, Cody Zeller. You can do a few more things than you could last year with Anthony Cantor and, anyway. and Carmelo Anthony. Yes, for sure. Um, Anthony Simon stepping in and being a you know a six man of the year candidate, not a finalist. Listen, Harrow's running away with that award <laughs> as far yeah. as this year is concerned right now, but Anthony's going to get legitimate votes. He'll probably finish fourth or fifth uh, in the, in the balloting. And that's, I mean, to go from what he was last year, which was kind of hit or miss to being a guy you can count on for 15 a night or a guy who can get you 20 and a quarter. He, he's, he's that kind of player. Um, that allows Chauncey to be um, a little bit more aggressive in some of the things that he does on both ends. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about it. So Anthony Simons and Nasir Little were mm-hmm. basically afterthoughts the last couple of years in Terry Stotts' team from a, from afar. I don't know if you agree internally, but from For afar. For the most part, yeah. And then this year, they're two of your best bench players. So how has that? How have they developed? Do you think it's uh, as much the opportunity Chauncey's given them, or is it that they've really gotten better as players? Uh, so I've, Ant's kind of been like my, my adult son since he came in the league and he was, uh, you know, just wet behind the ears. He, he came in and did the show right after he got drafted. Um, yeah. and he showed no, up with college his, at all. No, I played it, played at IMG. He showed mm-hmm. up with his parents and his agent at the studio. Um, and it was like, oh, this is cute. Um, great family, just great kid, but just shy as can be. And my, my co-host at the time, um, I can't remember what it was. We played some game and as soon as it got competitive, he got him out of his shell and it was like, Oh, there it is. There there's, there's the guy that they're, they're talking about. Um, he has had, um, confidence issues or had confidence issues. Um, just trying to understand like where he fits in talent wise. Nobody has questioned the talent within that organization. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking to guys around the team, he's got an incredible shot creation platform. Just can hit pull up threes like they're nothing. Can you know right, left, behind the back, step back, 
pull and just it looks effortless. Um, there's there's just natural scoring instinct. Uh, he was one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters in the NBA last year, and flat out he was one of the best three point shooters in the NBA last year. That's in his bag. The development has been in his head. It's hey, listen, I'm only I, my shot diet last year was basically eighty percent threes. I need to get two feet in the paint because remember this guy's a slam dunk champion. He's mm. he's got a forty six inch vertical. He is stupidly athletic, uh, but. And in talking to him over the years, he says, uh, I asked him about, well, why don't you go to the rim as much? He's like, I've never had to. I could pull from anywhere I wanted to. And so it's been a, a mental change for him. And uh, he worked with Phil Beckner, who was Damian Lillard's trainer this, this last year. And he just committed to it. Like it just, the switch flipped as far as like what it takes to be a true dyed in the wool NBA killer. And he put on a little bit of size, got a little bit thicker, got his man body and his confidence just sort yeah so so far man he uh just for for folks again uh for folks and locals aren't paying attention in 10 games this year he's basically doubled his scoring output on only about 50 percent more minutes so he's gone from <laughs> 17 to 23 minutes but he's doubled his scoring his other numbers are fairly similar it's just that he's he's putting up more shots he's putting yeah. up uh, 11 shots a game versus 6.3 a game last year again in 50 percent fewer minutes but but half the, so he's, he's really stepped up his role on the team this year shooting basically defensively 50, 40, is he holding 90. up yeah 50 40 90 shooting exactly just yeah. about uh and uh that was you know he was good last year actually uh no he's by far career high on overall field goal percentage, which mm -hmm. means his two point makes yep. are way up because his three points, he was 42% last year and 41 this year. So uh, defensively, does he hold up? He's better. Uh, he's again, an explosive athlete with a lot of length. Uh, he just didn't have the defensive IQ really. Uh, and he's, he's learning. I would say he's less of a liability than Dame uh, in the sense that because he's, he's, because of his frame, he doesn't really get stuck on picks as easy. Dame's like, you know, trying to screen a refrigerator. It's a lot easier to screen him than it is than it is Ant. Ant flips his hips and he can get over screens a lot easier. He's a lot more slithery. Um, I think the effort is there uh, more consistently. He'll make more, I think, young guy mistakes defensively, but uh, he'll get caught maybe ball watching and get backdoored. But for the most part, he's 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 probably take the biggest taking the biggest leap defensively of, of anybody that consistently that's on this team from last year. And how about Nasir Little? He's so Nas is a he is. <laughs> I love the guy. He is a giant ball of energy, and that's what they're kind of, they're kind of using him for. And actually, they, they Chauncey has asked him to be the guy that works harder than anybody else on the floor. Because like we've talked about, there's only so many guys who can get shots on this team, and the four guards are going to eat up the lion's share. So Nas is, is flat out told me, hey, if we're in transition, that's my green light. That's my ball. Get out of the way. Let me go eat. That's 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 when I work. But on in a half court on either end, on offense, defense, my job is to keep the ball moving offensively, take the right shot if it's there. I don't need to create. I've got other guys who can do that defensively, you know, crash the glass, be a physical body because he is strong. He is a strong, strong, strong kid. Um, you will see him guard up. Uh, he's about 6'6", six, six, uh, probably around 220, 225. He's, he's thick. Uh, he's actually down a little bit. Um, he picked up COVID last year, um, and it took him a long time to recover. He dropped about 25 pounds, and he got back up to where he was. Uh, he found he played a little bit better, a little bit lighter. So he actually dropped down to around 220, 225. Um, 
but he's got still a big boy. He's still a big boy, and he's got one heck of a wingspan. He's got about a seven-one wingspan. He's he's long. He's strong. He's very explosive. He flips his hips really well. Uh, he can move with guys. Uh, he is rebounding incredibly well for the, for the team so far on both ends. Uh, he is uh, a guy that is just crashing the offensive glass on a nightly basis and teams are having to just kind of slow down their break to keep him off um, which has kind of been a, a fun little thing to watch because he'll come in out of nowhere and he's <sighs> size and athleticism he's probably their best best athlete if you if you talk about the rotation greg brown the together. third yeah, yeah. Greg, greg brown the third you know is a six nine and he's got a 40 47 inch vertical might might beat him out in that regard but um as far as the regulars Nas is that guy and they rely on him a ton for that yeah, you guys are out rebounding your opponents by almost uh, four per game. So, and I'm sure he's he's contributing on that end. Let's talk about scheme overall. Mm-hmm. The the Blazers live and die by the three, literally. And you're fourth mm-hmm. in in three point attempts per game in the league, and 23rd in three point attempts given up. So you you give up you you shoot 42 a game, and you give up almost 39 a game. And so far, that's been about a wash as far as mm-hmm. as far as points. So, is that contributing to the five and five record, or from behind the three point line? Do you think they're a plus, a minus? How do you think that's going on both ends? So, because Damon struggled, it's been a little bit hit or miss. When guys like Ant has been on fire, Norm has been on fire, uh, CJ started the year to me on fire, but he kind of cooled down for a couple games and figured it back out. But what has been consistently happening, and this actually happened in the Suns game, and I I, I irritated some people in Portland because, hey, I said, listen, it was a fun win. They won by 30. You gave up about 20 wide open corner threes in that game that the Suns hit them in the first half. This is a very, very different game. Uh, and that has been their issue. They are, they are giving up more corner threes than any team in the NBA, more corner wide open threes than anybody in the NBA, oh. and more wide open threes That's than any other team. That's the favorite shot, by the way. Oh yeah, no. It's if, if you look at <laughs> if you look at like the attack. If you if you look you know looking at a shooting chart, just place an uppercase T straight down the middle and a line down the baseline to both corners. That's where the shots are coming from, and it tells you. Portland's very weak at the point of attack because they have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum still the point of attack. Um, mm. Chauncey did not change them uh, to be great point of attack defenders. Now they are doing a better job in some senses, um, staying with guys for another dribble or two to make the rotation a little bit easier, but they still aren't on the same page defensively. They're helping too early or they're getting too deep getting two feet into the paint on a, on a help instead of one. Um, and, it's it's an issue. It's a major major issue is giving up those corner threes because that that getting beat at the point of attack has just been a major problem for them. And for Portland, they can get up threes, but they also need to make sure that they're they're getting their their rim attempts. And that's kind of been neither here nor there at times. If Norman Powell's not getting there because Nurk either is six or six for six like he was the other night, or he's you know six for sixteen, and that's kind of mm. been and that honestly. Uh, Nurk's probably best defensive game this season was against Aiton in that in that first uh, matchup because Aiton has historically kind of given Nurk a little bit of issue because he's got the strength and the mobility to kind of yeah. to play with him. Yeah, so just to, uh, as Suns fans know this, uh, but just in case you forgot, that was the second night of a back-to-back, mm-hmm. third game in four nights to start off the new season. Uh, the Suns really, uh, from the Suns' point of view, that didn't really represent their best effort that game uh in your uh, so portland though you talked about uh use of nurkic against deandre aiden aiden is almost certainly going to be out uh for that mm-hmm. game he's been uh he 
uh, bruised his knee after he had a 21-21 game and then a 17-12 game in the third quarter, and he all of a sudden he knocked knees with somebody, and he's been um, almost out since. He played one game, kind of hobbled around. Yeah. So uh, Monty Williams said the other day, uh, Aiton's going to need a few days, a few games, to get back to where he's playing without pain. So I, I don't expect Aiden. The, the injury report has not come out as of this uh, mm. recording, but I don't expect Aiden to be in there. What the Suns have been doing instead is JaVale McGee and Frank Kaminsky just kind of trying to play smoke and mirrors a little bit. They're not they're not there uh, skill wise, but they can they can do the hand thing and freak oh, yeah. you out a little bit. And McGee has hilariously just kind of punked Yusuf Nurkic throughout his career. It's been a has weird, he? yeah. He <laughs> just, just the rim like Nurk is is a big dude. He's not a a vertical guy. So if if you can, and again, Chris Paul can do this by just keeping that snake dribble alive and you know, putting defenders sure. in jail and that lob over the top that has consistently haunted use of Nurkic. Uh, oh, if you want to talk wow. about how to, how to beat this Blazers team, it's to get in the pick and roll and, and put a defender in jail because they don't have the, the length to, to trail defend, uh, draw the big up and leave that backspace for a great point guard like Chris Paul. And it's either a, you know, a corner three from the help or a lob or a backdoor cut uh, for, for the finish of the rim. That's, that's how you beat this team. Well, let's let's hope. I want to ask you a question about Nurk. So yeah, so uh, we should be looking for that, Suns fans. That was a really good point, uh, Danny. Is is how's Chris Paul handle uh, the use of Nurkic defense with his with his mix and match centers? Um, t- tell me about Nurkic with the new way the refs are calling fouls. Is he benefiting or is he getting hurt? He's benefiting on the on the defensive end. He is allowed to be as physical as he wants to be. I believe he's fifth That's in the league what's in made deflection. Functional defensively is he's not getting called fouls by using his you, body, and that's the only thing yeah. he can use is is just his his sturdy body. Yeah, Nurk's seven foot, three hundred pounds. Like he's a yeah. massive. Like when you talk about big guys in the NBA, he's in that super heavyweight division. It's it's mm-hmm. him. It's Boban. It's Joel Embiid. Andre Drummond. Nurk is a truck, and so if you allow him to be a truck. He's very effective. Like I said, I think he's like fifth in the league, fifth or sixth right now. I have to look at the updated stats in deflections because they've got him playing up higher. They aren't running mm. drop coverage as much this year. So he's playing up at the free throw line, which is part That's of the reason why so many corner, th- corner threes are happening is because he's up there and then the rotation. And then somebody has to come down to protect the rim. Yep. But, but, and I got to give a shout out to Mike Richmond here, who's a buddy of mine who covers the team here locally. Um, you can be a bad team that doesn't get turnovers or you can be a bad team that gets turnovers and gets a little bit of it back. And so they're kind of, their defense is a bad team that gets turnovers from time to time. Now, now they're really poor at turning them into consistent points. They're a terrible transition team, but they're a little bit more disruptive. So it's like, yeah. I, I guess sure. Cool. We'll go with this. The, the, the trade-off is, is that Houston Arctic, like we said, is seven foot, 300 pounds. And he is playing less minutes because they're asking him to do more in a shorter span because be more aggressive defensively, get more involved offensively. He's playing closer to 24 minutes than he is closer to 30 minutes. Um, so he's had a couple of so who's think, playing behind him when he doesn't play Zeller or Nance. And that's gotcha. Zeller has been incredibly reliable. He will, that man has been has already had stitches three times this year. Um, <laughs> has a broken nose. You'll see him with a mask. Uh, Andre Iguodala broke that in the preseason. Um, but he's been incredibly reliable, uh, sets incredibly good screens, probably the best yeah. screen setter in the NBA, not even remotely Cody kidding. Zeller is the quietest good player in the league, I think. Yeah, he just does everything he does is like as an average or above average level. And it's just it's mm-hmm. very it's very welcoming to have that consistent level. And that's what's made that bench unit really good. Uh, they've gone small with Larry Nance Jr. 
the games that they've made somewhat of a comeback in, it's because Larry Nance Jr. is at, at small ball center. And it allows them to play a very, very different brand of basketball on both ends. They can switch across some more things. Uh, they still haven't run out the lineup that I think a lot of people want to see, which is uh, Nasir Little, Robert Covington, Larry Nance Jr. in the front court to allow them to get basically their three best and most flexible defenders on the floor at once uh, because it does limit them a little bit offensively with shot creation, uh, especially with Dame struggling. If Dame was was on his normal so, heater, mm-hmm. you, you could probably get away with that and do some things. But um, for the most part, yeah, that's that's kind of how I think that 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 big rotation has been is that you've got yes, Nurkic is playing less, but I think he's being more effective or not even necessarily more effective. Just um, you feel his presence more because he does have a, a tendency to kind of to go up and down. Like he's either very good or very bad, and if you can keep his motor running in for a shorter period, I think you get a little bit more out of him. So the weird thing about early season stats, we're 10 games in roughly, uh, just about all the teams have played 10 games, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's out of 82 this time, and and things are up and down. Like you said, there's been some 30-point wins, like the one over the Suns, there's been some 30-point losses. Um, What's weird is you look at the basketball reference stats, I've always been a basketball reference fan, Mm -hmm. Um, the Blazers so far at 5-5, and Their projected one loss is only six and four, meaning uh, they're Pythagorean. So numbers-wise, they should just be one game better than that. They've had the uh, sixth toughest strength of schedule, according to Basketball mm-hmm. Reference version of looking at strength of strength of schedule, uh, and they're one of the better simple rating systems, seventh overall. Do you think the five and five is the right record for the Blazers, or do you think it should be better or worse? I actually think it should be probably a little bit worse. I think they've gotten away. I think they've gotten away with a couple games. Uh, Phoenix and Memphis, in particular, um, they ended up running away with both those games. But I thought in, in both first halves, uh, Portland was atrocious defensively. But uh, as you said, with Phoenix, it was three and four nights on a back to back. They gave all that effort into beating the ever living hell out of the Lakers the night before. Oh, which they did. It, it I mean, they went it. So yeah. I mean, you could tell it was. They probably let's let's be honest. L.A. nightlife undefeated. You probably you know take a little <laughs> extra time before you get into Portland. I, I get it. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's very normal. And so when that ha- when I saw it on the schedule, I was like, Phoenix is not coming in here like a hundred percent, a hundred percent, especially after that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody got oh, this Portland team's for real. I'm like, mm, did you watch the tape? Because they gave up a lot of threes. Um, and that has been their 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 Achilles heel. It has been a nightmare defending the three point line. But because there's so much volatility in the three-point game, Portland can get away from some stuff. I mean, they went on the three-game road trip against Charlotte, Cleveland, and, and Philly, and they got waxed. I mean, they, they they got absolutely hammered on that road trip. They played two quarters of viable basketball against Charlotte, and that was it. And it was like, oh, no. And that's the other thing. This, this Blazers team, they have one on the road, and they've looked very bad on the road. They're, hmm. uh, they're one absolute like you said, pantsing was by the Clippers in LA and they will play the Clippers for the third time. And the last time oh, on the same, on the same trip. Oh, so Lord. yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a weird schedule, but um, they have a lot of things they need to work on. They're, I like to say that they're siloed in the sense that the things that they're good at, they're really good at the things that they're bad at. They're very bad at. There's not this variance. And that's why I think mm-hmm. those, those raw counting stats, when they add up, they look better than they probably are because when they're good at stuff, they're very good at it. But as we saw when they got absolutely smashed by the Clippers, and they've been smashed a couple times now, to be honest, um, they fall apart. And that's the thing is that you're getting these big swings as opposed to these little swings. And mm-hmm. I'm, 
it's very easy to say, well, if Dame, sure. But is if Dame is his normal self, are you getting the bench shooting the way that they're shooting? If Dame is his normal self, is Norman Powell shooting 50, 40, 90 and giving you all the things that he's done? Um, and that's the thing. It's like, yes, Dame being better is good because this this Portland offense mm-hmm. has struggled and they're still, I think, sixth or seventh in the league. So considering Damian Lillard having the worst 10-game stretch of his entire career and they're still this good offensively, you're good on that end. The other end, while they've improved, that's where the variance really, really falls in. And I think um, without Dame there to buoy them, they're lucky that they're 5-5. Five and five. All right, let's take a quick break and talk about our partners at DraftKings. The NHL season is underway, just like the others. NFL, NBA, NHL, everything's going. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, as well as NFL, as well as NBA, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and get $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes on any sport all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game this week and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you one big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Arizona customers are fine. New customers only for this offer. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, that's this is quite interesting. I, I'm really curious to see what happens on Wednesday night. So, basically, what what the takeaways I'm getting here for folks that want to, you know, TLDR kind of this uh, this whole podcast basically is here's here's what you got to do when you're watching Suns Blazers on Wednesday night. Look at behind the three point line. Mm-hmm. The Suns all year have been a net negative behind the three point line, like crazy stupid net negative. Suns are not shooting them like they were a year ago. And they're not making they're and and they're giving up a lot more than they were a year ago. The Blazers love the three point line. So guess what? I'm guessing if 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 the Blazers are over 45 attempts behind three point line, the Blazers are going to win this game. If the Blazers are under 45, uh, it's going to be a lot tighter of a game because the and then the Suns have to get over 35 attempts. It's just got it's you can't get killed behind the three point line. Yeah especially by a Blazers team, and you have to kill the Blazers for the defense they're playing. So when you say Blazers are giving up a lot of corner threes, well, by God, if the Suns don't get a bunch of corner threes out of it, they're not making the most of the opportunity. So the Suns the Suns have to get high 30s on three-point attempts, if not more, and they've got to be about even on attempts and, and, and keep that keep that part of the game, not the reason you lose. And then the other another key to the game is what does the combination of JaVale and Frank do against Yusuf Nurkic? Does Nurkic get 30 and 20 just because he's so darn big and you can run over people with no foul calls? Um, what I thought was really interesting is Frank did a great job. Frank Kaminsky did a great job against Jonas Valanciunas, who's another one of the big boys in the league, mm-hmm. uh, because Jonas was expecting foul calls and throwing the ball away from himself, hoping to draw the foul as if he was as if he was being shot. Uh, and, and not having the anymore. foul wasn't coming. 
So now that guys are starting to adjust, they're just going to truck the defender as much as the defender is holding their ground. So it's going to start being a bloodbath a little bit down there. So I'm really curious to see how Yusuf does uh, against the mix and match and the, and the smoke and mirrors of JaVale McGee and Frank Kaminsky. Uh, and that's it. Around the rim and behind the three-point line. Shocker. But the Blazers can kill you if you don't win the three-point line contest and uh they can kill you even more if you also let yusuf go crazy so those are my that's what i think is keys to the game for you yeah. uh danny what do you think are the keys that uh, any other keys besides what i mentioned uh taking advantage of portland's lack of size and i know the suns aren't this enormous team but they are bigger than portland book is bigger bridges is bigger crowder is bigger like they just when they get stuck in those cross matches if they go small uh keeping Portland away from those four guard lineups or keeping three guards on the floor at any given time. Portland wants to do that because we talked about that's, that's their, their best players. Their best scorers are all six, three, six, four, you know, uh, guards. So if you can punish them physically, that probably it, it kind of elevates uh, Phoenix's chances. And I think in, in, in any game against or any opponent against Portland, if you're, if you're more physical with them, because they, they've really shown that they don't like that for the most part. Uh, the other part of this is, is the point of attack. If you can, if you can break Portland down without actually having to move the ball early, you're in for a good night. Because if it's straight dribble drive and you're collapsing and breaking down this defense, it's going to collapse in on itself, and you will have any look that you want. Um, so the 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 less effort you have to put into your offense to break this Portland defense down, uh, if it's effective, then you can get you know deeper into the back, and that's where I think Portland really starts struggling is when teams are, are feeling themselves and, and getting downhill quickly uh, and putting them on their heels because their rotations are slow. Uh, they don't really trust each other yet, and they don't really uh, have the consistent effort there to, to really finish it out. Well, thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate your time today. Tell us where we can find you. You guys really should be following Danny. <laughs> uh, if you guys want uh, any other additional Blazers content, uh, Jacked Ramsey's is the podcast that I host. Uh, it's hosted on Blazers Edge. We also do a live pre and post game show uh, on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Danny Morang. Um, and then uh, that's with my co-host Brandon Sprague. And then we, uh, we also put together uh, – somewhat weekly breakdown videos i'm actually putting together uh, it's kind of funny you mentioned this statistical analyst and uh, 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 the analytical side of it uh just kind of taking a look at the growth of both the young guys and anthony simons and uh, nasir little so if you like uh, getting a little bit more insight on young guys in the nba something that, that we're we're trying to focus on a little bit more but yeah uh just search jacked ramses and yes it's uh, jacked j-a-c-k-e-d ramses uh shout out ian carmel That's awesome uh for the uh, the name for the show um uh, but yeah i uh, appreciate the support man all right. Thank you. My name is Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. And if you haven't shared this podcast with other folks, please share it. Get, get you know, the more people get to listen to Danny, the better. Uh, we are going to play the Blazers. The Suns are going to play the Blazers on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Phoenix time. And uh, we're looking forward to the game. Thank you again, Danny. Hey, anytime. <laughs>